0: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with Stephanie Burke and the Silent Assassin, Matt Costa. Science Advisor Matt Moniz is uh, taking the night off. And uh, we are going to be joined in just a few seconds by tonight's guest, Matt Frazier. We will talk with him about his uh, abilities as a world-renowned psychic medium, and we'll also find out about an upcoming fundraiser he has happening here in the city of New Bedford that will benefit the Kennedy Donovan Center uh, that will be happening next month. So we'll have all the details for that coming up, and then after we speak with Matt, we'll uh, have the usual segments that we do here. We'll have the Week in Weird, our little bit of a twisted look at the news of the week, and we're also going to kick around some topics ourselves. Uh, about mediumship and psychic abilities. This is Psychic September here on the show. Uh, We had Bob Olson on last week talking about his research into psychics and mediums. And, of course, our lovely co-host Stephanie is a psychic medium as well. So we can get her perspective on things. Anytime. And uh, we'll take your calls as well. 508-996-0500, 877 996 Fourteen twenty, But joining us on the line, we have Matthew Frazier. He is a highly respected and world-renowned psychic medium on a daily odyssey into the spiritual world and back with a personal mission to reconnect families, friends, and loved ones across the ultimate divide both through his sold-out shows and his Amazon best-selling book, The Secrets to Unlocking Your Psychic Ability, which you can get from his website, meetmattfrazier.com, which we will have linked up on spookysouthcoast.com. We had some issues uh, with our website crashing earlier, but hopefully everybody can watch us on Spooky TV. If you are new to the program, welcome aboard. You don't just have to listen to us. You can look at us as well, but I don't know why you'd want to by going to uh, SpookySouthCoast.com slash SpookyTV. We've got multiple cameras set up for your viewing pr- pleasure, and that's why we have YouTube and iTunes archives. Uh, so let's get right into the discussion with Matt Frazier. Good evening, Matt. How are you?
1: Good, how are you? It's great to be on the show with
0: you. Oh, it's great to have you on, and, uh, and I apologize that we, you know, we had a little bit of a late start because we have the Red Sox here on the station, so we do what we can to, to try and squeeze in a show around the baseball games.
1: <laughs> That's
0: okay. <laughs> so now you have this event coming up uh, at, the Kennedy, uh, at Howland Place in New Bedford to benefit the Kennedy Donovan Center. And, uh, you know, we've seen you all around New England uh, and, and all across the country, really. And it's, you're finally coming to the South Coast, uh, and people will have the chance to experience your gifts firsthand by coming out to this event. But how would you summarize uh, what it is that you can do for people?
1: Well, basically, coming to an event is like a big, huge family reunion. I mean, it's amazing. Um, Basically, my job as a medium is to connect those uh, here in the physical world with their loved ones on the other side. So basically, the whole event, my event is a two-hour event, and the whole time that I'm there, I read. I try to get to as many people as possible. Basically, what I I do is when you come in, it's general seating, um, audience seating. I'm not on a stage or anything like that because I feel like my job is to be right there with the people. So... Um, basically what I do is I run up and down the aisles in between chairs, and I try to get to as many people as possible. I'll pull somebody up, and I'll tell them exactly who's standing behind them, whether it's a mother, whether it's a father that had passed, or a sibling, and just pass on the message. And a lot of times, you know, it's like a family reunion just because of the fact that everyone's so excited. You know, a lot of times people will bring with them you know friends and family members and groups of people all looking to hear from you know um one particular person and it's an uplifting event people are laughing people are crying there's Mm -hmm. so much energy and it's exciting it's exciting to be in and it's heartfelt you know hearing these beautiful messages that have passed on
0: so how did this all come about for you is this something that you've always been able to do is it a gift that you've always had or is it something that kind of just uh revealed itself to you one day
1: well, basically, my grandmother had the gift who passed on to my mother and, in turn, passed on to me. But you have to remember that back in those days, you know, being a psychic and being the medium, it wasn't something that people talked about, and my grandmother didn't do it professionally. It was something that was done just for close friends and close family. And it's funny because, to this day, my grandfather still doesn't know that my grandmother did it. And I'll be like, oh, you know, Poppy, do you remember Grandma reading people and whatnot? And he's like, oh, no, she never did that. That never went on in our house, you know. Um, but actually, when I was growing up, I, too, had the gift. I remember being three or four years old in my bedroom, and it was like watching the movie The Sixth Sense. Spirits would come to me wanting me to pass on messages, and I'd be pulling the covers over my head. I didn't want to see them. I didn't want to hear them. I didn't want to communicate with the departed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seemed that as much as I tried to push them away, the louder the voices would be.
0: Well, but sometimes, though, you know, when it's your destiny and it's what you're meant to do, you're not going to be able to push them away. Uh, can you at least turn them off? Is that is that possible? I
1: There is no turning off, and, you know, I went through my whole life with hearing the voices of the departed, and, you know, it wasn't until I went to go and see a psychic medium myself way later on in the future, that's when I realized that it wasn't something I had to be afraid of, you know, that it was something that I could embrace. And it's funny because I started my career as an EMT working at the Seaport World Trade Center in Boston for the Security Operations Department. Um, I started there because I always felt a calling to help people, but I guess I wasn't sure, you know, what the calling was. So I started as an EMT and started reading for close friends and family like my grandmother did, you know, just very private. And... Just by word of mouth, it just exploded. And, you know, I'm so fortunate right now to be able to do events and to reach, you know, as many people as I do and to really show people that our loved ones are with us. They never die. They never pass. You know, one day we all will be with them again, hopefully not for many years. Um, But we all eventually will be back, you know, on the other side. And it does exist. Dead is not dead. It's just different.
0: Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned being an EMT because that shows that you were kind of already geared toward helping people.
1: Absolutely, and that's what I felt. You know, my calling was from early on. I always wanted to do something with helping people. And even as an EMT, excuse me, even as a psychic medium now, um, I'm doing fundraisers up and down the East Coast. I actually sit on two board of directors. One being Forever Paws Animal Shelter, which is right in your own backyard in um, Fall River. And I actually heard the commercial on your radio playing as I was listening in. Um, And also, I sit on the National Cultural Diversity Awareness Council because I feel, you know, as, as also being a medium, my job is also to give back to the community any way
0: that I can. And so when, uh, when you decided to step out and, and have, I mean, once you realized that you had it, you, you weren't able to turn it off, it was going to happen anyway, how did you decide to make that move toward doing it in a public forum?
1: Well, to be honest with you, I didn't make that move. It, it basically chose me. You know, um, it was something where, like I said, I was just doing it for close friends and family, and then, you know, word spread, and I got asked to be on radio, and I got asked to do some TV, and thing you know, somebody says, hey, I have an event for you to do. You know, you'll be able to reach, you know, some people. that started off with just, you know, small groups and then, you know, expanded into much larger, you know, being at Buckswoods and different, different, you know, exciting venues up and down the East Coast, and I have a wonderful, you know, team that pretty much heaven. I feel like heaven has guided me and set up for me. I have a wonderful publicist, Amal Wagner, who's helped me along the way. I've had, you know, um, just different members of, um, basically, I call it like, you know, a God squad here on earth, people who have just kind of fallen into my um, life and helped me on the spiritual path.
0: Well, when people do come out to the event, uh, as as you mentioned, you know, there's going to be a large crowd there and doing events at some of these places. I'm sure you've had very large crowds. Not everybody is going to, to have the opportunity to make a connection, but the important part is that it shows that it can happen and that the loved ones are still around you. So even though you might not pick up on them necessarily, I'm sure people can go home and be more aware of the fact that, yes, the departed are still around us.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things about my events is that I, you know, a very, as you can talk, as you can see, I'm a fast talker. I try to get to as many people as I can. Um, and one of the things is that during my event, I know I can get anywhere from 30 to 40. One time, I even get to 70 people at an event. So I do work quickly. I know people are there for messages. I try to get to as many people as possible. Normally, I can get about a, a third of the room done. Um, and I try to keep I, these these other events that you see up and down the East Coast, I try to keep them small. I try to keep them, you know, anywhere from 100 to 200 people. I try not to go over that because I like it to be more of like a group, intimate setting. Um, but, you know, from the feedback that I hear, people who don't receive readings, they all feel uplifted upon leaving, you know, just hearing the messages. Everybody leaves, I feel, with a message from the other side. When everybody connects with somebody's reading, you know. when It's sure. like when you walk out, somebody is always telling me, like, you know, oh, I feel like if my father came through, he would have told me this. He would have told me what you told the woman up front. He would have said this. He would have said that. So everybody kind of leaves with their own message in a way. And at the end of each event, you know, I kind of talk about that. I give a little um, talk about how you can go home that day and receive messages or how they probably to pass a message to you at the event if you didn't receive one that day well you mentioned
0: uh hitting as many as 70 connections in, in one uh, in one event mm-hmm. how does that play out for you energetically speaking i mean does it wear down on you does it suck all your energy out to be able to make that many connections in such a short amount of time
1: well i love what i do so i mean during it it's like running a marathon but you know once you get off it's it's for me, it's like cardio. Once you get on the treadmill, you don't get back off. So, you know, while I'm doing this event, and, you know, the spirits are coming through and there's just so many voices. Even though it's quiet in the room, there's a million voices in my head. You know, a, a son who's trying to reach out to his mother or a father who's trying to reach out to his daughter, you know, that type of thing. So, I feel like the postal worker from heaven, you know. I'm running up and down, trying to pass as many messages as I can. And, you know, so it's, it's me kind of working from the other side. And at the end of the event, yes, it's almost like my mind is just like fried. I have like a huge headache afterwards, but like, um, you know, I can't, I I have problems even talking afterwards because it's just so much energy that, you know, I put into it. But at the same time, you know, I love it. Just seeing the instant, you know, relief that people feel and the comfort and just the, you know, they just, they just a lot of times people come in with such grief. Or maybe there's an issue where they had a problem with a family member or they had a problem with a friend who had passed who they weren't, where they weren't able to relieve it and they were holding on to grief because of it. There's so much that kind of goes into these readings that when they walk away, it just gives them a whole outlook on life and they can start to relieve some of that grief. Well,
0: the event is happening uh, on October 17th. It's a Friday night. Uh, Doors will open at 6.30 p.m. It's taking place at Howland Place, 651 Orchard Street in New Bedford. Uh, The tickets are $40, and that actually includes hors d'oeuvres and desserts. So in addition to taking part in this event, you'll get a little bit of food uh, as well. Tickets are available by calling 508-997-5875. And in addition to doing these events, Matt, do you also do one-on-one readings for people? Can they contact you if they want to have a reading in a private... An intimate setting?
1: Absolutely. Um, I encourage anybody to go to my website, meetmatfraser. or you can just join me on Facebook on, on facebook.com slash Type in Matt Fraser. I have a verified page there, so you'll see a little blue check mark when you when you search it on Facebook. Um, and for people who feel as though they need a more one on one intimate setting, I do do settings. Um, well, do do readings. I should say by phone. Um, I can't do it in person just because of the fact that, you know, I'm kind of running up and down the East Coast, so I never know where I'll be. But mm-hmm. there is a one-month waiting list for that. Um, but I do have our phone sessions available.
0: And with that, I'm sure it's a lot easier for you to be able to tune in because you're dealing with one person one-on-one. Uh, so you're able to kind of just focus in just on who's around them instead of having a whole, you know, crowd of, of spirits uh, conjugating around you. Con- congregating Absolutely.
1: Around you. And, you know, one of the things about it is that I call it an in Because those on the other side, you have to remember that when somebody transitions or when somebody, you know, passes, and they go to the other side, they automatically see things. They see tomorrow so much more clearly than we see today. It's almost like they become psychic. They can see different things that are going to happen in our lives, whether it be, you know, weddings that are taking place, babies that are going to be born, you name it, they see it. So during a private session, you know, not only will your loved ones come through, but they also talk about life events as well. They'll talk about things that are, you know, some struggles that you're going through right now, give you a little bit of guidance from the other side on how you can overcome those certain situations that you're in, and also talk about things for the future. You know, they're always Line to motivate us. So on the other side, they want to see us happy. They want to see us enjoying life. And that's really their purpose on coming back and passing messages as well.
0: Is there ever a time when, uh, you you know, you have your own uh, family members who have passed or your own people that you've met in your life uh, that are trying to reach out to you and you have to kind of push them aside to be able to make a connection for people? Or, or, or does your your family and loved ones who have gone to the other side, do they realize what you do and what you were doing for other people and, and take a step back?
1: Well, to be honest with you, I don't have an ability that anybody else does, meaning that I can't cheat life. You know, they're not going to give me the winning Powerball numbers. They're coming every day and tell me, you know, they're not gonna, they don't try to interfere in my life. Once in a while, my loved ones will come back. Like I lost my grandmother, who was very close to me, and she was the one who also shared, you know, the psychic gifts. And she comes back to me, you know, every so often, you know, um, she doesn't come back every day. I don't hear from her every other day. You know, once in a while she'll come back if there's information that she may want to pass on to me or some guidance or things like that. But it's not something where, you know, that she's constantly interrupting me because, you know, there's other spirits who have more urgent messages. And that's one of the things that, you know, people see at these events as well. A lot of times people, you know, they're not upset if their loved one doesn't come through because some of the messages are really, really powerful. Some of them are really urgent that need to be passed. You know, such as, you know, a son who passed suicide or or a baby who had passed and they didn't know how how the baby had passed or, you know, there's just so many ifs, ands, and buts that come up and there's really people who are deep in grief and that's why, you know, I kind of, I like to pretend I run the show, but it's those on the other side who do. The other ones who kind of go and, you know, work behind the scenes to make sure, you know, whoever needs the message gets the message
0: passed. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, you know, a lot of times I think that uh, people who have your ability and will uh, get together uh, for these group gallery readings, and we talked about this with Bob Olson last week. They feel the need to also be an entertainer because you've got a room full of people. So, in addition to making these connections, you also have to, you know, be witty and fast and funny and endearing with the crowd as well. And it's interesting that you say, you know, you you let them run the show. You let the spirits run the show because, uh, you know, without them, that's what it's all about.
1: Absolutely. And you're right. There is a lot of humor and compassion and everything that goes into it. And, you know, because one of the things that I think that my events are different the most is just because of the fact that I don't like to see the audience crying. You know, that's not the, the point of the event. It's a me- meant to uplift you. It's funny because, you know, before the event, you'll see everybody starting to walk in and they, they start automatically, you know, um, uh, filling their pocketbooks with uh, paper towels and, you know, Kleenex and whatnot, you know, prepared to cry when I go in there. You know, um, I try to bring in humor, you know, because a lot of times those on the other side, they'll come through with their personalities. You know, maybe you have a, a father who comes through, and he was like the one who, you know, ran the ran the boat, military man, very loud, you know, kind of a straight shooter and whatnot. And they kind of come through with their personalities. They really lighten up the air. They really make people feel as though it's not something to cry about. So a lot of times there's humor that's passed. You know, their personalities come through. You have quirky grandmothers. You have, like, you know, it's like the best way I can describe it is a family reunion. And one of the things I'd like to mention as well is that a lot of people, one one of the things I hear most is so many people are so afraid to come to these events because they're like, oh, my God, I don't want to hear bad information. I don't want to hear that someone's going to pass or that there's going to be a death in the family or that someone's ill. And that never happens. There's never any... The negative information or any bad information that comes through. All the messages that come through at an at an event are for our highest and best good, and are meant to uplift us. You know, because those on the other side they want to see us happy, they want to see us, you know, enjoying life. So they would never give us information that we couldn't change or something that's going to make us feel sad, because you know that's not their intention. All
0: right, well, do we do we want to kind of give some callers a chance to, to get a taste of what it is that you can offer at this uh, at this event? Absolutely. All right. Well, the number is five. I, Sorry, go ahead.
1: Uh, I'd like to move through as quickly as possible, too, so we can get as many callers as we can. So if they can just stay you
0: know, who they're looking for. We'll give a quick reading and move right on to the next one so we can get a lot of people. Absolutely. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in, and we will move you along as quickly as we can uh, as uh, in order to, for the best interest of everybody, and also so you can see that when you go to the event, you can see how quickly Matt can work, uh, and then you'll understand how he can get through so many people in, in a given time. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Matt Frazier.
1: Hi. Good evening. I was just wondering if I could get a reading. Sure. And who are you looking for? Oh, uh, I would guess my mother. Okay. Give me one second. Oh God. As I'm connecting with your mother, this is a woman who definitely suffered before her crossing. Because I keep feeling like as though so, like it like went through her. Did she not know she was going to pass at the time that she did? Because I feel as though she thought she could have had longer here in this physical world. No, she knew she was going to pass. Okay. Because one of the things is that it shows me here that she was a woman who suffered. Because as I'm connecting with her, she shows me here that she couldn't breathe. There was issues all through her body. She tells me at the end she was, like, dead ridden or couldn't get up. But one of the things that she tells me is that she wasn't ready to go at the time that she did. She's telling me here on the other side how protective she is of you because she's stepping forward and telling me she was very set in her ways when she was here in the physical world. But it's because of the fact that she loved you very much. She was like very protective over the family. She's letting you know that now that she's on the other side, she doesn't have illness anymore. It's very important for you to know that. And she's also showing me that she's with a child as well. Who lost the baby? Who lost the baby? Yep, it would be either a miscarriage or it could have been a baby that was passed at birth. It was a uh, she considered a baby in her arms. Oh yes, that did happen. Okay, so know that that child would be with her on the other side because she's holding it together. She wants you to know to hold close to the dreams of her because she's telling me that she comes back in dreams. So there's times when you connect with her in, in your dreams, and she's letting you know like that when you're seeing those dreams, it's her. She wants you to know that she, that she loves you. Oh, and she she's telling me here that you told her it was okay to go, and she's letting you yep. know thank you so much for that. Okay, then thank you so much.
0: All right, thank you. You're welcome. Have okay, a good time. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. The lines are lit up, but we have room for you. You can try to squeeze in, and we'll try to squeeze in as many as we can. So, I know, Matt, you don't mind going rapid fire, so we'll just keep rolling. Keep rolling. <laughs> Alright, you're next on Spooky South Coast with Matt Frazier. Hi. Hi,
1: how are you? Good, how are you? Good, and who are you looking to connect with? Um, my mother. Okay. Oh, my God. Your mother is very loud on the other side. Was she loud here in this world? Yes. Because as I'm connecting with her, she's like, my daughter's here, my daughter's here. She's like ecstatic on the other side, like, fling everybody over. She wants everybody to know, like, that she's here with you. It's so funny because she's telling me that you need to slow down a little bit. She's telling me that you go through life too quickly. And Uh she's constantly going, 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 like a million miles an hour. Yes. And she's saying, here, like, just relax, relax. And she's actually talking about the, about the fact, do you have a pocketbook of hers or a purse? A what? A pocketbook of hers or a purse? No. She's holding up this bag of hers on the other side that I believe that you've either kept or that you've held onto. I want to say it was either a quilted bag or it was something that she... Um, that was like quilted because I keep seeing it like in front of me and she's like laughing about it. I want to say that you had either kept this or it's something that you have in memory of her because she's holding it up on the other side and laughing. She wants you to know like that she just got her, her hair done on the other side because she's got all her like her girlfriends with her and she's remembering times of like when the women were very loud and they were all in the house and everybody would be going and getting hair done and so on and so forth because your mom was a people person. She like loved to be around people and she's taking pictures of you and she's taking pictures of her and she's putting them together and she's telling me about how much you like her. She looks just like your mother. Yes. So she's like telling me here about how like the two of you like resemble one another and she's like taking the pictures together and like, she's giving you like a million kisses. One of the things that she wants to tell you is that she wishes she would have gotten to tell you that she loved you more here in this physical world. Even though your mom was loud and she was open and so on and so forth, she tells me that she wishes that she expressed her feelings a little bit more. There's an urgent message that she has for you on the other side. She's telling me here that there was, that there was nothing more that could have been done about her passing. She wants to talk about the fact that even if she went to the, to the doctor sooner, there was nothing more that could have been done. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. She wants to talk about blood issues. I keep hearing there was either infection or there was issues with the blood at the end. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, because she's letting, I get, for some reason, she's showing me, like, vials of blood in front of me and talking about blood that was either infection or, like, things that, like, went through her body. And she's saying, yeah, like, that. I'm finding who carried on her name or has the same name as her? Because I keep hearing same name, same name. No. It would either be that somebody has her middle name or there was a name that was passed on. So I keep hearing this, like, passed pass down. Did your dad pass as well? Yeah. know that they're together. Because one of the things that she stepped forward is she grabbed this man's hand and pulled him over. And she goes, tell, him he, tell her she, he's here, tell her he's here. And she pulled your father together. Because they used to nitpick here in this physical world, like they show me here, like that they used to argue with one another. But she yeah. wants you to know that they are together, that they are safe and at peace. Even though they have their differences here in this physical world, they are with one another and that they do love each other.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. Thank you. Have a good You're night. You're welcome. And uh, let me—I just want to check my list here uh, on the screen and make sure that we go in the right order. I don't want anybody to get read right out of order. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Matt Fraser.
2: Good evening, uh, Matt. Uh, anybody wants to step forward? These friends or family that have passed.
1: Okay. Do you have a father pass? Yes, I did. Okay, no know that he's stepping forward, because right away I heard him say, like, I'm the father, I'm the father. It definitely shows me like you were a daddy's girl when he was here in this physical world. Because mm-hmm. he's, like, bringing back and showing me all the visions of when you and him, like, when, when you were just a child and being with him and so on and so forth. Did he have heart issues or problems with his yes. heart? He has heart issues. Okay, because I feel, because I kept hearing a heartbeat in front of me. And this man tells me he had, like, multiple issues, like, in his body, like, before his passing. There was multiple things that were going on. And who's John or Jonathan? Uh, my grandfather, John. Oh, perfect. He would be with him on the other side. Because all of a sudden he's says like, I'm here with her. And who was in the military? Because I'm seeing military connection. Was it him or the, or John? Uh, none of them were in the military. None of them? I'm uh, seeing a military man. He could have maybe here. had a brother, John. Oh, he had a brother, John? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I believe that he was in the, in the military or in the army, because I saw, like, the army uniform that was here. The army. It would be my symbol for perfect. So the fact that he was in the Army and that was his name, it'd be his way of stepping forward and telling you he's with John, he's showing me the military uniform, letting you know that they are all together and that they they are at great peace. One of the things that your father's telling me here as well is that before his passing, he tells me there was fluid issues or I feel like there was issues in his lungs. Um, Because one of the things that he's telling me, oh, wait a minute, was he a smoker? Because I keep smelling all the smoke. Okay, that's what it was. Because I kept smelling, like, the smoke, and he was, like, showing me his lungs and whatnot. And he was telling me here, like, that he thought that this is how he was going to pass. He didn't realize that he was going to, like, pass of the heart. Mm-hmm. He tells me that when he was here in this world, like, that he didn't do anything for, him, for himself, like, for his health. He mm-hmm. tells me he lived life the way that he wanted. He loved life. He's remembering of when you used to go by the water with him, like, that used to go, like, to some lake or something that he's showing me. Yes. Like, on a family, family vacations. And he's telling me here that you find a lot of peace by the water. And he's letting you know that when you're by the water or when you're looking out, to know that your dad's with you and he's right there at that exact moment. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank Thank you very much.
0: And uh, let's see. just want to make sure I go to the right call. You're next on Spooky South Coast with Matt Frazier.
1: Hi. Hi, Hi, my mother. I'm sorry, who? My mother. Okay, give me one second. Oh, God. Okay, as I'm connecting with your mother on the other side, she definitely shows me here like that. Even She loved you very much, but she shows me she was tough to please here in this physical world. Like, was she very set in her ways? or Did she have, like, um, because she shows me here, like, her personality, like, right away, and she's kind of like a stickler, like, as I'm connecting with her. One of the things that I am hearing with her as she's stepping forward is she's telling me here, like, that you need to go through your things. There's some issues like that you've been having, like, with documents or something. She's telling me that you need to keep all your documents together. Have you had, like, issues, like, with documents or legal papers or something? But he's keep seeing, like, documents all in front of me? Oh, I can't hear you too well. (laughs) Can you hear me now? No, this phone is terrible or something. (laughs)
0: Maybe it's interference from the uh, from the grape It could
1: be. Sometimes you get that. See if I can boost
0: it up a little bit for. Her.
1: Goodness. Are
0: <laughs> right, you still there, Matt? I'm still here. Okay. All right. Okay. She should be able to hear you a little better now. I think.
1: Can you hear me better? Yes. Okay. So one of the things that your mom was showing me here, and I'd say she wants to talk about um, the final moments of her passing as well. One of the things that she was very happy about is that she got to see everybody before her passing because she shows me, like, everybody coming one by one by one to come and see her and, like, before her actual passing. Very happy about that. She wants Uh to talk about you because I keep seeing documents all in front of me. Have you been recently going through, like, legal documents or going through? Because she keeps showing me, like, papers and papers and papers. Can you hear me? Huh?
0: Have you been going through documents, he yes? asked? Um, have I been what? Can we, I think we
1: need to go to the next call. So I can't. I don't
0: think she's here. Oh, yeah, I think we're having an issue with your phone, ma'am. I'm sorry.
1: I know. I'm
0: sorry. Have a good okay. night, though. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Please. Let's see if we can squeeze in maybe one or two more, because we do have to take a break at the top of the hour for the news and let Matt go, because he's got a busy day planned tomorrow, and we're going to zap him out right here with uh, these <laughs> rapid-fire calls. You're next on Spooky South Coast with Matt Frazier. Hi.
1: How are you? Good. How are you? And who are you looking to connect with? I'm looking to connect with my uh, friend Scott. Okay, your friend Scott definitely comes through on the other side. Because like as you like, where as you like, asked me to pull him forward. He's like very like loud, high energy, like on the other side. Definitely shows me here like that very like um happy-go-lucky when he was here in the physical world. He has an urgent message for you as well. He's telling me here, like, that you need to watch out more for your health. Have you been trying to lose weight or go to the gym or something? Because he's telling me here, like, that you're trying to get your health back on track. He's, he's telling you what? He's telling me that – can they hear me? Yeah, you should,
0: should be able to, I, yeah.
1: I can hear you fine, yes, ma'am. Okay. Because they're telling me here that like, you need to uh, – to get your health back on track. So I don't know if you've been going to the gym or things like that. Have you had leg issues or problems with your – Leg issues or problems with my knees? Yes. i had stomach issues. No, I think it would be more of like what I'm telling you. He showed me here that had some issues either with circulation or uh, things of that nature because he showed me here like he's going to the gym or trying to get your health back on track is what I kept hearing here. One I of the think things that-, that I keep hearing is that there was still questions around his passing. So there was either yes. questions about how he had passed or what had happened or so on and so forth. But he's telling me here it was an accident. Do you understand that? He told me he told you what? It was an accident? There was. It was an accident. Yeah, he got shot. We don't know who okay. did it. He told, he, like not to hold he told me he passed in a tragedy. He told me there was questions around his passing. And he told me that there was still questions if it was an accident, if it was planned, if he was meant to be shot, so on and so forth. And one of the things that he's letting me know is that it wasn't an accident, that he's not holding anyone respect. Even though his life here was short, he's letting you know that you, he lived like he lived and loved him to Polish, and he's definitely letting you know that he is around you and that you hear music around you, you, hear music in memory of him. Meaning that when you're in the car or you hear, you hear songs that remind you of your past, know that he's you right at that moment. Oh my God! Yes.
0: All right. Thank you very much for the call. We do have to let you go because we're up against the break. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good night. You and, too. And thank you to everyone who called. Sorry that we could not get to everybody. Matt, we will definitely have you back on in the future at a time when you're not so busy. I know you know, this is the busy season uh, for all of us people who are interested in all things otherworldly. So uh, you've got a ton of stuff going on. However, we'd love to have you back in the future. Everybody can go and check out Matt Frazier. Tickets are still available for this fundraiser for the Kennedy Donovan Center. It's happening at Howland Place on Friday, October 17th. Doors are at 6.30 p.m. You can get your tickets at 508 997 Eight seven five. The cost is forty dollars. They include hors d'oeuvres and desserts. And if you need more information, you can just go to his website, Meet Matt Thank you so much for joining us, Matt, and uh, and hopefully uh, we'll we'll talk to you again sometime soon.
1: Thank you. I can't wait to be back on. It was a pleasure to be on. With you. All right. Take care. Have a great night. You too. Bye bye. And uh,
0: you can, again, you can go to his website, meetmattfraser.com, if you'd like to find out more. Coming up in the next hour, we'll talk more about psychic and mediumship abilities. Uh, We'll kick around the topic. We'll take your calls as well, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. We'll also have the Week in Weird, where we get a little bit strange and give you some of the strange news stories of the week. Uh, So you don't want to miss that as well. Plus, whatever else you'd like to discuss. Talk to you in just a few moments when we return here on Spooky South Coast. To spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg, along with Stephanie Burke and the silent assassin Matt Casa, Science advisor Matt Moniz uh, taking the night off. Is, is no explanation, though, right? No. No call, no shoot. No, but usually it's important. Yeah. He's
3: usually got something to do.
0: But, like, he didn't. It's not like any. Nothing we have to worry about, right?
3: No crazy experiments that might. No, no. Well, it might be. Uh alien related like when I we we don't know yeah I was was gonna say like
0: when we wake up tomorrow is there gonna be something like a full scale invasion going on or maybe there could be I would think he would at least give us a heads up if he knew you would think so but then again he could be the last person to know too Hmm. you know it's usually it's always the uh, the ones who should be in the know that are the last to find out right (laughs) exactly you know that's like Jeff Goldblum in Independence Day how it took forever for him to get to the White House that could be the situation (laughs) Anytime I can make a Jeff Goldblum reference uh, is a good one. Did you see that, Did you see that wedding that he was at recently? Jeff Goldblum. No. Have you seen this this trend now where people take their wedding photos with the entire wedding party, and they have them all like run, and the photographer snaps a picture of them, and then they Photoshop in the T Rex from Jurassic Park behind them.
2: I have seen that.
0: So Jeff Goldblum was at a wedding, <laughs> and so they asked the bride and groom uh, asked if he would be willing to do it, and he's like, "Only if I can be up front." And he, so, like, he's leading the way. So they actually have Dr. Ian Malcolm leading the charge as they're running from the T-Rex. That's good. And their wedding photo. That's, I a was, good,
3: that's a good wedding photo. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. That's one that you definitely hang on the right. wall and make your desktop background picture. I feel
3: like people's wedding photos are getting more and more ridiculous, though. They, yes, are. they are.
0: Yeah, everybody's trying to make it into yeah.
3: a thing. It started out as, like, everybody jumps in the air at the same time, and now it's, like, T-Rexes and...
2: Well, you saw the latest trend Good. where all the bridesmaids and the brides show butt cheeks.
0: No, I haven't seen that, but <laughs> tell me where.
2: <laughs> it's all over social media. It's a new thing where they tuck in their dresses to like their underwear or like pantyhose or whatever they have on.
0: I have not seen that. Oh, yeah. It was
2: huge, like a month ago. So Huge butt cheeks. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Apparently, I just don't know anybody that's getting married. Most of the people I know are lonely old shut-ins that have relationships with their cats. Well,
2: I don't know anybody. I'm that's waiting done. for the
3: uh, the bouquet of cats or
2: bouquet, bouquet of, of
3: kittens. So then, when don't when
2: just they,
1: throw
3: a when kittens. you throw them, <laughs> throw the bouquet.
2: <laughs> All right, Matt. So when you get married, yep. <laughs> you're gonna throw kittens. Yeah, everybody the get
0: there. The, the groom lifts up <laughs> the bride's dress and pulls a kitten down from her leg, <laughs> scratching the whole way. Uh, it's going to be the new thing. I think we have a call on the line. It's probably somebody waiting for a reading. But just to let everyone know, we did have to let our guest Matt Frazier go. However, we will have him back on in the future. But if you have a question and you would like, like to go I guess it was for a reading. Mm-hmm. If you do have a question or any paranormal topic you would like to discuss, 508-996-0500 – Eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. We are going to do the week and weird coming up in just a few minutes. Our weekly look at the strange news that's out there. Uh, we'll also, uh, well, I guess I'll promote Ghost Stalkers a little bit more. I'm trying not to be over yeah. the top with this, but yeah, we're we're uh, just about a month a away now. I know. I won't be nearly as obnoxious once it actually debuts. <laughs> I promise. But uh, we're about a month away now from the big debut of Ghost Stalkers on Destination America. And this has kind of forced me more to, to tweet more and be more more part of the Twitterverse, mm-hmm. which you know is it's been a struggle for me over the last few years. You're but I'm officially think, a twitizen. I think I'm finally starting <laughs> to figure out what, how to do it. But I'm just like retweeting everybody that mentions Ghost Talker, so I'm not sure if that's really such a good idea. And I don't think I want no, to follow everybody yeah. that follows me. Is that that's probably not a good thing to do either, right? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I usually accept all people that want to follow me, but I'm really bad at hitting the follow back button. Like I'm almost selective, and I I wonder if that's not the right thing to do on Twitter, but I don't really know Twitter etiquette.
0: Yeah, see, right now, I if you follow me, I follow you back. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a digital underground song.
2: Follow and <laughs> I follow back.
0: Follow and I follow back. Uh, but uh,
2: I'm that every show now. I
0: will now. Uh, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make a whole thing that's for that. So old now, it is old. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. It's They're like years Digital old. what? <laughs> what digital? Uh, but uh, the show does debut on October 19th, and there's already been great reviews. Last Saturday, they showed it at Scarefest. Uh, they showed at least the, the first three acts, and everybody really responded well to it. We're, we're all very proud of it. Of course, Nick Roth is the executive producer, and the investigators for the show will be Chad Lindbergh and John Tenney. Uh, so it's going to be very different than anything else you've seen on Paranormal TV. We have Dave Roundtree bringing in some of his innovative equipment. And uh, we're looking for portals, and we're trying to see if we can make that connection to the other side through that,
3: so that way. That's uh, one thing that I've noticed with a lot of people uh, talking on, on, on the web, on the Internet, the interwebs. Yes. The is that it's, uh, it's a new take on the traditional um Ghost series, I suppose. It,
0: there was a concerted effort amongst all of us to try and take it beyond just what all the other shows are doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other shows are great. They're, they're doing a fine job of showing you that there is the paranormal. I mean, listen to me. I'm on it. These shows that I was crapping all over for years. I'm like These shows are great. But no, they they are in terms of being able to show you that there is something more. And But they're locked kind of into that mode of let's go out and investigate and find proof. We're trying to say, uh, to kind of accept the fact that the proof is out there. We've seen it now. Uh, we've accepted it in our own minds to be true. Now what does it mean?
3: Right. right. They kind of dug, um, I mean, I guess those shows have kind of dug themselves into a hole where they need to come up with some sort of result at the end.
0: Right, and it, it's not so much about for themselves either. I mean, it could be for the property owner, for the homeowner. Uh, and if you're, you know, if you watch Ghost uh, Ghost Hunters, and you're seeing taps go into these locations, you know, usually it's because somebody asks them to come and determine whether or not there is paranormal activity. With Ghost Stalkers, we're going to the places where we already know there is paranormal activity. Uh, the, the idea behind it is, as the title would suggest, we're trying to hunt what. You know, normally would probably hunt us. And we're trying to find out why they are in these places. We're trying to find out what connections we can make from these places. So there's got to be a reason why whispers estate which is in the first episode is connected in some form or fashion to some of the other locations that we investigate in the series and i'm not going to give those away right now but i will say that we do find connections amongst them so you want to uh, tune in for that and check it out october 19th on the destination America network there is going to be the big premiere in new york city on monday october 6th at the bowery hotel and if you would like to go and check it out it is free all you have to do is go to eventbrite.com and look up the Ghost Stalkers premiere, and you can get yourself on the list. There may still be room. I don't know how much room was left, uh, but there may still be room. I actually am going down there. I haven't. I don't know who's coming with me yet. I asked Matt; he's busy. Stephanie, she's pregnant, so she can't go. <laughs> she doesn't want to be on a doesn't want to be on a train. And have to give birth on a train on the way to That would in be now. horrible. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll, I'll be down there, and uh, we'll definitely hang out. If anybody from this area goes down there, definitely find me, and uh, we can certainly hang out and talk. Because, and, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for me to go all the way to New York. And run into somebody who lives down the street from me. It happened when I went to Lake George. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Started talking to this person that I've known through through uh, through the internet for a couple of years. And oh yeah, I live down near your neck of the woods. Where do you live? And it turns out he lives like literally like five houses down from me. <laughs> and we both drove all the way to Lake George separately. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it'll be a great time for the uh, for the premiere on October sixth. But the television premiere for you to watch it at home. Please watch it, DVR it. Tweet about it. Uh, hashtag Ghost Stalkers is what we're using. There's a Facebook fan. This is so weird. Like, already there's a Facebook fan page. There's a fan Twitter account. Like, there's a, a huge fan base already growing for the show, and it hasn't even aired yet. There's not even clips of it. On the Destination America website for you to watch, and and I haven't seen any teaser commercials during Ghost Asylum or or uh, Amish Haunting. Which, if you haven't seen Amish Haunting, our buddy Jeff Belanger is the writer of that show. Check that out too. Uh, and of course, Ghost Asylum, different take on on the paranormal as well. They're actually trying to trap ghosts, Matt. Really? They build these uh, traps out of pretty much out of things you can find at Home Depot. So yeah, I see your shirt there. Yeah, and uh, that's a that's a great shirt. <laughs> And I'll even let you say if you want what it says on it. If you want to say I'll it, I'll put it on the screen. Okay, there you go. Spooky TV at spookysouthcoast You can see Matt's shirt. I used to have a pin that said that <laughs> when I was a kid. I had one that said that, and I had another one that said "Back off, man! I'm a scientist," which <laughs> I wish I still had. I could give it to Mo'nies. Uh, but uh, so again, October nineteenth, we need everybody to watch the premiere of Ghost Stalkers. Uh, get the word out there and make it huge. Let's just make it huge because then we get to go to more places and we get to make more connections and we get to figure out the bigger picture. Uh, And you're going to just love coming along for this journey. I'm very excited for it. I was uh, looking at some of the footage earlier before the show and, you know, because I watched it the first time I watched it as if I was a regular paranormal fan, a regular viewer trying to see, does this draw my attention in as a TV show? And and it certainly does. But I've been watching it again and again to try and see little bits and pieces that I can for the future. Uh, And uh, seeing some of the locations that we're going to go to, even these little fast cuts, uh, it's just going to be amazing for people to check out. So Ghost Stalkers premieres on October 19th, Destination America. I think I plugged it enough. Did you? For tonight.
2: I know at least I'm excited to watch it. I know we're friends and all. I have to support you either way, but... Uh, She's like,
0: I could just say that I watched yeah, it and I you would never so, know.
2: I'm actually really interested in watching the dynamic between Chad Lindbergh and John Tenney, especially where they both had very similar experiences with near death or actual death. So mm-hmm. that part intrigues me the most. I want to see what happens just because, you know, sticking a psychic medium in a haunted place can stir up activity. I think sticking them in a, a place that has activity can really uh, prove things to be. Haunted, interesting, however you want to call it. Well, we
0: will we will do the week, and weird coming up in a few minutes, but that kind of segues into the discussion that I wanted to take uh, for the rest of tonight, where we look at the idea of abilities mm-hmm. and how it can impact you uh, both as a person and as an investigator. So we'll make the assumption, and I might be using some broad terminology here, but by being able to connect with spirits, you're probably in a higher state of being than the rest of us, I would say. Mm -hmm. You know, your mind operates on on a different set of, uh, you know, you're in the beta waves while we're still in the alpha waves type of thing. And do you feel like if you are somebody who had a near-death or actual death experience, that that also puts you into that realm?
2: Um, I haven't had anything drastic like that. I'm sure I've had some close calls, but but not as drastic as, say, the guys on the show. Right. And um, that definitely... Puts you in a place of knowing more, being more connected, um, even puts you in the place of where I could be. It could supercharge everything that's ever been in your brain and turns it right on for you people used to ask me all the time you know why are you different or what makes you different and i just said i kind of just feel like i was born with a light switch turned on already i don't know the difference but i feel like a near-death experience or a close call with the other side definitely does turn that light switch on
0: so uh, maybe the idea too is that uh, when you can get into that state, when mm-hmm. you can get into that uh, you know, slightly more evolved form, then maybe that also makes you a beacon as well, so that when they're I going so. into these places, their spirits are drawn to them. Absolutely. Because you experience that. If you go into a place, you get inundated.
2: Oh, yeah. I tell everybody I'm like a flashlight in the dark. It's what happens with any psychic or medium. But people like Tenny or Lindbergh, absolutely, if they've had that close brush, especially Tenny, he actually did die. Um you know, I I know personally a few people that have had almost his exact experience. They've come back from the dead, so to speak. They've been revived, and they come back knowing more, experiencing more, seeing more, more intuitive. So I, I think so. I think it makes you a beacon.
0: I've seen you when you walk into a room full of living people. Mm-hmm. You tend to hang back a right. little bit. You know, you are kind of just you're kind of watching the room when you first enter. Right. And when you enter into a haunted location it's it's almost like the complete opposite you know you're almost going in there like boom let me just get in here uh and and you're kind of taking on is that your own personal approach to kind of be like i'm just going to throw myself into this because i'm not going to be able to avoid it or is it more a matter of you know you're being pulled into it
2: that's a really good question um i'm usually the one that's doing the psychoanalyzing (laughs) not the other way around um as far as a room full of living people, I feel like everybody's energy all at once can be really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more of a sense of comfort with the dead um, where I know what to expect and I know how to handle it a little bit easier, so it's kind of my thing. Um, throw me into a crowded room full of people or even out in public, and it kind of makes my skin crawl. It, it sends like, my anxiety sky high. and um, I think it's because it's... All those people have all those dead people so right. that come with them, so it's almost like I'm totally bombarded with everything. But if I walk into a haunted location with you know just spirits, it's easier because I can kind of um go through them one by one and and eat, you know learn their stories and stuff. But I mean, right here in this room, we have two different people. How many people do you each know that have passed?
0: We only know the same people.
2: No, well, either, we even so, we
0: don't know anybody that the other one doesn't know.
2: It's it's still more than one kidding. person each. So right, if you right. stick me in a room kidding. full of, you know, a hundred people, they each know five people. It gets a little overwhelming. Haunted location can only have like eight or ten.
0: <laughs> well, and part of it though too is, and I'm I'm trying to think of a way to put this uh, in a way that nobody will take the wrong way, but. When you're dealing with a spirit, you're Mm -hmm. kind of dealing with something that is going to be, for the most part, uh, something that you can disconnect yourself from if you need to. You know, you can Mm -hmm. kind of walk away. I mean, you can always at any point uh, remove yourself from that situation because it's... And I know that some can attach to you and some can follow you. Right. But if things get overwhelming, you can walk out of the room. Yes. And you can walk away from the spirit physically. Yeah. When you're with a person, you can't always do that. No. You can't always get away from somebody. Right. You know, your phone will ring. You'll see the number and say, oh, not this person. (laughs) And that might happen with a ghost, too. But when it happens with a living person, it's a lot harder to shake.
2: It is. Well, yeah, because... They well, I mean, living and dead sometimes they both don't know boundaries, but dead seem to respect it a little bit more
0: mm-hmm.
2: if that makes sense.
0: either they've learned or maybe they just don't have the strength to to keep being that type of. They're
2: usually a- pretty respectful. I mean, living they they learn things on the other side that are a lot different than what we know here. Um, here you deal with all kinds of different personality quirks where they kind of get it a little bit better on the other side.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that uh if some of the the personality quirks that I see from living people <laughs> wouldn't carry over too well no. uh, to the other side. Well, one of the things that uh, I've seen with this show and 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 John Tenney wrote a great great blog about it today on his website. If you go to weirdlectures.com, mm-hmm. uh, you can you can read it for yourself, but he wrote a great kind of uh, an an essay almost on what makes this show, Ghost Stalkers different. And he mentioned that it's not just about the ghosts, and it's not just about the theory and the Mm -hmm. science and the investigation. It's about those two people on their own journey. Right. John, having died when he was younger and been brought back to life, and his 27-year odyssey of trying to figure out what all that means, Mm -hmm. Chad's experience of almost dying very near death when he was a child, and... While he's a very spiritual person, he's only been an investigator for about four years. So what he's going through is kind of like, you know, anybody that's out there that has the chance to start being a paranormal investigator, you're taking baby steps toward the bigger picture. So you're out there on the weekends. You are maybe going to some events with a bunch of people around. You're getting this experience of uh, being able to wade into the pool instead of diving right off the diving board into the mm-hmm. deep end. Now, all of a sudden, Chad has the opportunity to be part of this television show, and now he's being thrust into some of the most haunted yes. locations in in America, and he's being locked alone in there by himself for 24 hours. That's part of this show, is that John and Chad each investigate alone, locked in the location, alone for 24 hours. And so when that happens... You know, Now it's like any little steps that you were taking now become gigantic leaps, whether you want them to or not. So that's what's interesting about this, and I think that that's what's also interesting about people that have abilities, such as you, Stephanie, Mm -hmm. that you probably uh, see. With you, it's been different. For you, it's been a lifelong journey, and it's been something that you've always had to accept. But with other people, you see them want to start to take those steps. We've been talking to some people, some friends of the show, who want to... Explore the side of themselves right. more and they're taking those baby steps. At some point, are they going to have to take a big giant leap?
2: Um, yeah, it depends on how far you want to get into it. I tell everybody in um, my whole life, you know, because I literally was thrown to the wolves pretty much. I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I was born into it. I didn't know I was different for a very long time. I compare it to. Um, you know, like celebrities' children that don't know that their parents are famous, and sure. have no idea that they are. It's the same thing. It's that you don't know that you're different until you get to that certain point, and you're like, "What do you? What do you mean? You're not the same as me." Um, so it's it's very similar. Um, I, I tell people all the time they ask me, "Oh, that'd be so cool. I'd love to do what you do. I'd love to know what you know." And I tell everybody, you know, be careful what you wish for because I can't leave this. I can't get out of it. You could either, you know, choose to be this way or that way Um, but I tell everyone it's, it's a big decision to make and once you open that door there's no going back so it's not easy
0: and it's a decision that is unfortunately made by a lot of people For the wrong reason.
2: For entertainment purposes, usually, yes.
0: And they look at it and they say, wow, I would like to make my living that way. Mm -hmm. Now, it may be that they're saying, I would like to make my living by helping people. Right. And it may be like, well, that seems like an easy way to make a buck. Mm -hmm. Either way, no matter which way they approach it, uh, the idea is that they're still looking at it as you know, getting involved with it so that it can be their life's work. Yeah. Can you approach it that way? Can you determine right, right from the start? I'm going to go down this path and I want to become a celebrity psychic or is that just something that should only come as a result of what happens once you go down that path? If you're, I don't want to say good enough, but if you have the right factors to fit into that.
2: I feel like a lot of people start off Or at least I I know a lot of people that start off with the money aspect of things. Oh, I can make a lot of money doing readings on the side. I could do cards on the side. I could do this on the side. And I know people that have taken one class and jumped into getting paid for readings. It's not really how it's supposed to work. Um... You know, I, I tell a lot of people this isn't gonna be a, a fix all, you know, if you if you have me mentor you or um, I teach you anything for that matter, it's not gonna be, you know, oh, two weeks you're gonna be getting paid. It takes years of experience and it takes years of practice and um, that's you can kinda determine from that point or at least that conversation who's truly serious about getting into that and who's not and um for those of you that, at home that get to listen to Bob Olson, he really touched on that in a perfect way that, you know, it's it's either you're the real deal, you know, you know, from birth or you're coming from classes, experience, different things like that. But either way, there's that certain learning curve that you have to go through. You can't just up in oh, one hour class for $125 and you're all of a sudden... Ready, set to go. You can pick a psychic fair and start reading. It doesn't work like that.
0: I, I actually had some conversations uh, with Bob Olson off the air mm-hmm. via email, and it was about trying to find a way that he has taken with the best psychics directory and adapting that for paranormal teams mm-hmm. because that would just be as- interesting. And I was trying to get him to say, yeah, I'll do that, because it sounds like a lot of work, and I don't want to do that.
2: He would be awesome at it. But
0: But somebody out there has got to be willing to take on that type of a project. Uh, We've talked about it in the past. I've I've been advocating for, like, an Angie's List of the paranormal Mm -hmm. for a long time. And the response to that has always been, well, what are you going to do, though, when one group starts bashing another group uh, by putting up? Bad reviews for them, and that is a legitimate concern. But ask Bob Olson, consult him, find out how he made it work uh, on his website. But you know, anyway, and in in discussions, he has an
2: approach to it too.
0: He does, and uh, and and as he said, he doesn't let any negative reviews get posted. Mm -hmm. Fine, and if I ran a site like that for Paranormal Teams, I wouldn't allow any negative posts to get posted either. However, if somebody had Verified information that somebody had a legal record. Yes. That somebody had been arrested for breaking and entering or sexual assault or any of that stuff.
2: I think that's fair.
0: As long as it checks out, then, yeah, that should be put up there. Yep. But anyway, you know, I don't want to uh, – anybody that wants to do that, um, <laughs> anybody that wants to get involved in that, more power to you. And I will certainly give advice uh, and give you all of my crazy ideas for it, but it's just way too much work. Uh, Matt, don't even look at me like that because when you look at me, I'm like, wait, Matt's good at websites. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Shut the cameras up. <laughs> so, but, um, but in discussing with him uh, that aspect of it, it's the same type of thing. There's a lot of people out there who will watch one episode of a paranormal television yes. show, one 10-minute YouTube video, or take one $65 online course that gives mm-hmm. them a certificate at the end that says you are now an official paranormal investigator. Yes. And they think that that's enough, and that that substitutes being out there and learning and having these experiences.
2: It definitely does. I kind of wish sometimes when I see those things on you know social media or the you know, as Matt would call it, the interwebs, mm-hmm. um, I I kind of want to just jump up and down, scream, and just be like, "Don't do it! <laughs> don't don't follow those people! It's not right!" Or you don't know what you're doing. You're going to get yourself in danger, trouble, anything.
0: There's there's a question I've been putting up these paranormal debates and I used to do it on Facebook uh, and then I've I've moved it over to Twitter in promotion for Ghost Stalkers. so Mm -hmm. if you follow me at Tim Weisberg you can get involved with these every day uh, leading up to the premiere of the show on October 19th plug but one of the questions that's popped up this week in my mind and something that I will be asking uh, going forward and this can apply to paranormal investigators as well as mediums and psychics there's a perception out there that Experience is the end-all, be-all. And by experience, I don't mean getting out there and doing it. I mean having years of service within it. That uh, if you are somebody who has been a paranormal investigator for 35 years, that automatically makes you a better investigator than somebody that just started. And I can't buy into that anymore because the more that I've seen the repetitiveness, mm-hmm. the sameness, the same thought processes, the same experimentation from one group to the next, when I see everybody going in there doing the same thing all the time, it makes me think, well, gee, 35 years of doing that hasn't advanced the field as much as we would want it to. Right. Maybe innovation is just as important as experience.
2: I think it is. I think if you're going to be in business for that long, you need to learn new ways of doing things or at least be up to date with things that are coming out in... Be aware of different things. Um, I mean, I'm guilty of it. If I call somebody to do work on my house, I want the person that has the most experience. Right. Um, I think we all kind of operate that way.
0: But that's a little bit of a different situation, not to, to crap all over your example. But You're not. If you are calling somebody to come and fix your roof, mm-hmm. you want somebody that's had years of experience fixing your roof because you want that roof to be right. fixed the same but way. I feel
2: like what... Well, or at least what I'm trying to say is, we fall into that way of thinking when it comes to things like paranormal. You, teams. you
0: take that same approach and yes. apply it to it. Yeah, I
2: think just as humans, that's what we do.
0: Yeah, if if we've essentially been trying to build the same roof every time we go into a haunted mm-hmm. location, and the roof doesn't work well enough, then it's time to find a new way to build it.
2: Right. Um, even I mean, with psychics and mediums, there could be somebody that's just learning. Right now, taking classes that could be the best of the best of the best. Um, I feel like somebody that could be in business for thirty-five years, if they're not studying and they're not learning more and they're not adapting to ways that things are going now, you're no better than anybody that's starting out.
0: And I think that there's, you know, there's no substitute for uh, knowing the hows and the whys. Mm-hmm. You could be the most talented. Person in the world, you could be the most innovative investigator, the most naturally gifted psychic, whatever it may be. But you need to have uh, the 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 knowledge base to jump into it. You know, yeah. you know, I don't like to get into anything unless I can learn the entire history of it beforehand. If I get involved with something, I'm on the internet researching the background mm-hmm. of it. I won't even watch a TV. You know, everybody wants me to get into Doctor Who because a lot of our listeners, a lot mm-hmm. of our friends, they, they all watch Doctor Who. Well, I can't just jump in. With that's how I
2: feel the about the eighth Dr. Doctor or the ninth <laughs> Doctor
0: or whoever they're on. I don't even know. It's like 27 years of episodes. I have to go all the way back to William Hartnell and start yeah. at the beginning, mm-hmm. which I did. Which I've started watching some of those, and it's going to take me 50 years to get caught Probably. up to where everybody else is. But you know, that's just the way that my mind works, and I wish that more paranormal investigators would do that. Uh, I almost kind of want to give teams a sniff test from now on. And I almost kind of... Not a literal sniff because...
2: Don't lie. <laughs> I've seen some
0: of these paranormal investigators. I don't want to sniff them. No offense, folks, but, you know, you got to wash the team t-shirt every once in yes. a while between investigations. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who wears the same shirt to everything. But... uh <laughs> What I want to do is I want to kind of like I don't want to I don't want to be somebody like Moniz. You know Moniz is always looking to test people. I was say are you trying to say he smells? No, no. <laughs> he's always looking to test people. You know what I mean? Right. Because his analytical mind is always trying to be like, well, I you know he doesn't take things at face value necessarily. So he's he's trying to dig into it and trying to find out the uh, I don't want to say the legitimacy, but at least you know he wants to. He wants to test things. That's Mm -hmm. what he does for a living, and that's the way his mind is naturally geared toward. And I don't want to, like, hold people accountable if they don't know things. Yeah. But it's amazing how much people will go into this not knowing what came before them. You know, like, Michael Jordan was probably... 75% 75% naturally gifted athlete. Mm-hmm. But that other 25% of it was studying the game of basketball and learning how to do it and watching those who came before right. him and adapting some of their moves and uh, and playing against some of them. And that's something that I think the paranormal doesn't do. We, The whole paranormal unity thing, which I have now determined over the last few years, is total crap. Right. There's really no reason for us to all have to get along. Right. Uh, but the paranormal unity idea and the idea that we all have to kind of follow the same...
2: Uh, Uniform way of doing There,
0: there should be yes. standards and procedures involved in mm-hmm. actual investigation, but the fact that we all have to follow the same theories all the time yeah. uh, is, is something that bothers me because it's allowed for everybody to kind of be homogenous mm-hmm. and not go on and, and find new and innovative ways to do things. And with psychics and mediums, a lot of it is the same thing. Right. You know, you'll see... The way that it works for this person is what somebody totally else is different. going to yeah. a- adopt. And that's why you see a lot of these courses and a lot of these classes. You've studied them more than I have, Stephanie. Right. But a lot of them are probably uh, – well, first of all, let me ask you this. Has anybody ever that you are aware of started off a class with, uh, okay, well, who wants to do this for a living? Who wants to make money at doing this? Is that Does the money discussion ever come up in any of the classes that you've seen? or
2: No. But I also take classes from people that I've researched completely. I'm sure there are people out there that do teach classes that are geared toward that, just like I've seen paranormal investigator classes that take this course to learn how to make a living in paranormal living. Uh,
0: well, I was yeah. going to say a lot of the courses are like I'm going to tell you how to how, make to, money. how to no, it's yeah. been more like how to make sure that you get results when you yeah. go on an investigation. And I don't think that you can make that promise. I think you have to go to it more of the idea of, here's what's worked for me. Right. And here's what you should learn as a starting ground but adapt and you know one of the first things that Matt Costa and I did when we got involved in this uh, crazy world. And if you remember, Matt, we weren't yeah. we weren't looking to be paranormal investigators, and I still don't consider us to be. Nope. A lot of people do. <laughs> a lot of people are like, wow, these guys are, are, are paranormal investigators. Well, I don't yeah. really look at us like that, because we're not out there right. every weekend doing this, getting our hands dirty, but we're able to have the opportunity to investigate. But
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, well, one of the first things we did is we took a course with Keith and Carl Johnson and Sandra Johnson right. at, in right. New Bedford at the uh, South Coast Learning Center,
2: and Bringing it back.
0: <laughs> oh, way back. But with that course and the the Capers lectures that we used to go to, nobody was ever teaching anybody, like, this is how you do it. Right. It was always a matter of this is what's worked for us. Mm-hmm. And it's always been open discussion in an open forum. Maybe we're just lucky in that way that you know we're surrounded by people here that are willing to open things up more. But would you ever have gone into this and and stuck with this and stayed interested in this if everybody did everything the same way? No, probably not. I would probably get bored. I mean, the conversations we have on the show wouldn't be all that interesting. Yeah. (laughs) If it's one for the other, you don't just substitute the name.
2: I mean, one of the things that I've done, um, at least for the psychic medium part of things, is... Yes, I've had this ability my whole life, but I still love to learn, and I tell everybody forever, the student, you need to be able to pick up things, learn new things, because it's just going to make you better and stronger. So I've taken a bunch of different classes from a bunch of different people that I think have different strengths, weaknesses, different abilities, just so that way I can see how they operate, because I'm curious. Um, I'm a huge nerd anyway, so I love to learn different things, but um, that was one of my approaches. When I teach classes myself or I mentor people, I take that approach that I've kind of given myself and I apply it to a class. So I I want to see where people's abilities are, where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are. And I tell everybody, you know, there's a whole spectrum that you can learn from psychic and medium to two two totally different things. And people don't realize that there's a huge difference. And what you could be experiencing, what you think you're experiencing, is 100% different than what's actually happening. So I like people to kind of figure out their own stuff, and I feel like the paranormal field as well, if you do that, like Tim, you could be fantastic at listening to EVPs, and Matt could be terrible. You don't know because you you know you don't try. Or um, you have people out there that kind of just tell everybody anybody can hear EVPs. I personally don't believe that. I feel like a certain people can hear them better than others. Um, so well, I, I mean,
0: I think just physically, yeah, not everybody can uh, can hear on the same level because right. not everybody's hearing is the same.
2: Absolutely. So that would make it different to hear evps or um we can go out on an investigation and matt costa could be the only one that's seeing ghosts all the time you don't know how you're gonna you know do anything in any type of situation unless you go out and you try and it's kind of like trial by error you listen know?
0: i have been right next to this guy in the same room <laughs> with the same thing happening and i'm like you don't see that no i don't see that you right. know and and it, i think it has to do part of it with you know um I mean, I guess everybody's perception of things is different anyway. It is. So it's, it's the way that you process it. It's the way that you experience it. You know, uh, if I show you a uh, you know those paintings that they used to make, the, the 3D paintings the uh, and with, the, with the schooner and the sailboat, <laughs> I was going to say, you would see a schooner while I would see a sailboat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, like not everybody can see those right away. And some people have to work a little bit harder to see those. It doesn't mean that the image isn't there. and It doesn't mean that they can't see it. It just means that it's not as instantaneous for them. And, uh, you know, we all we all learn differently. I mean, that's one of the big problems that they're having now with standardized education testing right. is they want everybody to learn the same things, but not everybody learns the same way. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that applies to both paranormal investigating and to psychic and, and mediumship abilities.
2: I think that that's the beauty of it, though, is we're all different and we all have different abilities, whether it be, you know, your your senses or, you know, everyday things to... A paranormal type of thing, so I think it's only. Are we fair. going
3: back to paranormal unity where we can learn from each other again? Is that what we're doing?
2: I, I don't know. Are you bringing it down that road? I don't know. And is it? Is it?
3: Like that, that's where the conversation's going.
0: Is it learning from each other though, or is it <laughs> willing to accept that what the other person's doing is okay too? I think that's that's part. I mean, I'm all for that. I, I definitely think yeah. that. And I think nobody should fair. be out bashing each other. No. But uh, there's no reason why uh, everybody has to... You know, part of the problem with paranormal unity... Let me just give you a for instance, okay? <laughs> I just had wanted, I,
2: to go there. I just
0: wanted to give him a he likes to yeah. He likes to rile me up on this topic. Uh, but part of the he problem with that doing. is... All right, we, we have Legend Trips, which yes, is the uh, event company. Uh, for those new to the program, legendtrips.com is the website. It's a paranormal events company, Spooky South Coast, combined with Jeff Belanger and Let's Put up the banner. Right there. <laughs> so, uh, so we have Legend Trips as a way for people to go out and explore historic haunted locations and to help raise money for those locations with their renovation and restoration and upkeep. So we've been doing this for a couple of years now. We've built up a reputation. We get into places that paranormal investigators can't get into. Mm-hmm. If you call... Just as an example, the Mark Twain house in Connecticut, and you say, My paranormal group would like to come in and conduct an investigation, and they're going to say, No. Right. They may say, and I don't know this to be sure, I'm just using this as an example, they may say, well, for a fee, you can come in. Mm -hmm. And the paranormal world gets up in arms about that. Well, we're doing this out of the goodness of our heart and out of our own quest for knowledge, and we're doing this out of our own pocket. We don't Mm -hmm. charge you any money for an investigation. You're going to charge us to come into your place, and you're obviously not trying to help the paranormal field. Well, why the hell would they? What responsibility do they have to help the paranormal field?
2: Especially since it's not a proven field.
0: Exactly. Yeah, but even that aside, mm-hmm. I mean, how many people out there uh, would like to learn how to do radio? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that we have to let them come in for free and show them how to use this equipment? First of all, we get fired. But right. <laughs> So don't come and knock on the door. <laughs> but, I mean, does that mean that we have a responsibility because we are in a radio station to allow those who want to come in and explore the world of radio to do so free of charge? No. Right. And... You probably shouldn't be allowed to come in here if you don't know what you're doing and you mm-hmm. haven't been vetted. And they don't have all the information about you on file if anything goes wrong and all that kind of stuff. So it's not as easy as saying, well, your place is reported to be haunted. You have a moral responsibility, an ethical responsibility, mm-hmm. a scientific responsibility to allow us to come in. That's bogus. Nobody that owns a location has to allow anybody to do anything. It's their place. They make that decision. Right. So now, if they decide that okay, we don't want to let the paranormal group come in, but we do want to let this event company come in because it's going to make us some money. Well, that is also their prerogative.
2: Not to mention, you have insurance.
0: Right, we do carry insurance, <laughs> which a lot of paranormal groups do not. It's right. too costly. Uh, but when you're charging money for people to come in, mm-hmm. you can off you know that offsets having to actually purchase the insurance. And you know, we don't mess around when it comes to that stuff right. because we're responsible not only for the people that come but we're responsible for the location that we're at. Right. And folks, we love you all. We love you legend trippers, but some of the stuff in these places is worth more than you. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Twain's original furniture that he sat in when he wrote Huckleberry Finn is probably worth more than all of us. Yes. Right. So, but anyway, so people will see that we get into this and they'll say like, "We well, wow, how come they let you in and they won't let us in?" And they will actually contact us and mm-hmm. say, "Can you help us get in there?" Well, no. If they told you no, what difference are we going to make?
2: Yeah.
0: And that's what people think paranormal unity is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Paranormal unity means I should stick my neck out and take this relationship that I've built with a location uh, that I've had to work my ass off to put on a successful event. Not just me, but you know all of us right. combined. But we we put on the successful event and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of sweat equity that goes into it. And we've done all this now, so now because I did all that, I should tell them, well, I like this guy. He's a good guy. You should let him come in for free and investigate. Which, by the way, also means that now whatever you do it impacts my reputation.
2: The way I look at it, or at least the way that I compare it, is you're the bully in school that wants to cheat off the smart kid's homework because you didn't bother doing the work the night before. And when the smart kid says no, you get mad and you beat him up in the playground. Well, But...
0: I see that aspect of it. I I've see seen that a point. lot of that it does happen. it yeah. certainly does, but I I it's mean not it's fair. not a matter of, of some people not putting in the work per se as much as it's also just it's a different dynamic right. you going in with your paranormal group well, is being different mad at someone than, for
2: not sharing is
0: yes, that's I mean and that's
2: okay.
0: there are plenty of places out there that will allow you to come in or allow you to rent it out for cheap mm-hmm. uh, but just because we can get into a place doesn't mean that you should have to get into a place. And it's not just us. I'm just using that as an example. No,
2: it happens everywhere. It, it and, is. But then there's other places that refuse to allow anybody else into a place that isn't a type of le- legend trips or it's not an event company. How many times have we been turned down because
0: oh, uh, plenty of places that's have said, already
2: in there that doesn't want to...
0: That's happened? Right. We've, we've gotten the... Uh, the paranormal block there, right. is, uh, <laughs> keeping the FCC license valid. Uh, but we've had, we've had that happen to us. Uh, we've also had places that are just like, no, we're not interested in that. We won't yep. allow that. Uh, so it happens. I mean, there's a place here on the south coast that everybody wants us to try to get, and they keep saying, nope, disrespectful. Right. So we can't do it. Uh, and that's, but that's part of the problem, though. Too is that there's no responsibility mm-hmm. on the part of. Anybody to let people in, whether it be you could wave all the money you want in their face, which we've done to some places Mm -hmm. like, look, you can make all this much money. Don't care. It's their place. It's their decision. It happens amongst groups. It doesn't just have to be an event company. There can be a paranormal group that has access to a location. And another paranormal group that wants their chance to get in there, and they can't. Well, you don't know what's going on. Right. Maybe the owner of that place is the aunt of somebody that's on that team, or maybe they've had some sort of relationship. And just because they allow them, it doesn't mean they have to allow you. And because guess what? It's not a slight against you. Right. If you can't get into a place, it doesn't mean anything toward you. It only means something toward you if you've been allowed into a place and you're not allowed back. You know, do a great job with the access that you have, and then maybe more access can come down the line and i, I know that we've kind of taken this away from the psychic <laughs> discussion that's a little fine. bit, but that's just some of the, see this happens sometimes when we just kick around topics is i, I soapbox a little bit what
2: he was doing when he yeah. he, he did that he poked out. the bear yeah, he poked the bear
0: so if anybody has any thoughts on this five oh eight nine nine six if
3: somebody uh tells you you can't investigate a place, there's plenty of other places to go right.
0: Yeah, it, I've always
2: so. thought that. How do you know that the private home investigation that you're going to get next week isn't going to be the best evidence you've ever had in your life?
3: And, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you need that name? Is that why you're yes. doing it? You need you, the. You need to have it on your resume, nose, yes. so to speak. Yeah. And, and, but to for put it on us. Your website or blog about or. Put for it on us, your that makes sense. For
0: for an event company, it makes sense. Oh, to absolutely. Say, well, look, these places have all let thing. us in. For a paranormal group, I'd rather see that you've done, you know, quality work mm-hmm. than care about who it was, you know, you could not even bother to name the people that you've actually gone and investigated for, the residential cases or what have you. Right,
3: like the evidence that you got, not the places that you went.
0: To some degree, but, I mean, even that, I mean, some investigators will tell you, I've been in this game for a long time, and I've only caught one EVP that whole time. And, I mean, look at Jeff. He's been in it for a long time. He's only caught one EVP that he feels he caught. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So that even that's kind of a slippery slope because you don't want to say you don't want to say that one person is too willing to accept something as evidence while another person is uh, is is too hard and too strict about it i think all that matters if you are a paranormal investigator if you're a psychic if you're involved in this mm-hmm. aspect of it all that matters is that the people that you have conducted this service for no matter what it is are happy with the result right and would recommend you to somebody else. Then that's the best job that you can do. We don't have a responsibility to one another to help each other out. We don't have a responsibility to each other. You know, you have an ability. Right. Uh, other people that we know, other people that we're friends with, you know, Tiffany, Matt Frazier we had on, mm-hmm. Nicole. There's so many people that all have abilities. If you call them, you don't call them up and say, hey, can you read me right now?
2: No. And it will happen
0: Sometimes. You know, uh, it does the, happen. sure, it'll happen sometimes. <laughs>
2: it happens. With, I mean, I've had people call me and say, "Hey, I need this now." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> but you don't expect. It. And usually, yeah. I'm sure
0: when it does happen, it's under the guise of, "This is what I'm picking up." Can you tell me what you're picking up and and see? It's more for it depends for, on who it is. <laughs> but in, in a lot, but nobody is expecting to get that handout you know and and you have told me this and a lot of people who have the gifts have told me mm-hmm. that uh, they have to cut certain people out of their lives once those right. people find out that they have abilities because all they want is that information you know i don't i don't care about you i don't want to ask you how your husband is and i don't want to ask you about the house oh, and i don't want to ask you about happens. all i want to know is yeah. can you see who's around me right now
2: yep i i have those people in my life or i have had those people in my life i know you know close personal friends with abilities we kind of share those stories and even other people that we know that are in the the field, so to speak, they'll do that too. And you kind of forget like we're we're normal people. Mm -hmm. Um, like when I get together with, you know, close friends that have abilities, we don't even discuss it at all ever. We just talk about, you know, normal life things and because things happen to us just like everybody else. (laughs) You know, we go through struggles and, and, you know crazy stories and things like that but i think people tend to forget especially when you're in the public eye um that you are a human and you go through different things
0: so i don't mean to laugh Pally. i put up the the thing to get the free readings and somebody commented on the facebook post that it went to from from twitter and said congratulations your server crashed oh no (laughs) yay (laughs) we crashed the server that means we're big time stuff uh, so the, the we are running out of time. We only have about right. six minutes left. Do you want to do the week and weird? Do you want to continue this discussion?
2: Um, we can save the week and weird for next week.
0: All right, then, then you've already got it done. Right. Nobody, nobody really knows. Nobody really knows time wise when it actually happened or when it didn't.
2: It was pretty weird this week, though. Was it? Yeah.
0: Was there any good uh, like sex stories? Because we always have at least one. Um, There's always either a sex story or some sort of poop story or something. You still have the poop story floating around too, right?
2: Yeah. But- Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> The po- poop story floating around. Uh,
2: but uh, <laughs> It wasn't a sex story, but there was a really interesting... Well, you have seven
0: days to come up with one now.
2: I know. Well, it's kind of, it, if you count pizza.
0: Well, it's probably just as good.
2: Pizza and sex.
0: So we'll save all that for next uh, Yeah, we'll for have to save week. it for
2: next week. But that way you don't have to rush through it.
0: And, and uh, next week uh, should be a huge show. We should have uh, the one and only James Van Frog joining so us for the. excited.
2: You Listen, have no I, idea. I
0: don't want to make false promises. It was set up, everything was all set, and then another person in the chain is now mm-hmm. involved. Okay. So I'm hoping that the original agreement is going to be on it. I don't see why it wouldn't. Uh, but just, it's not 100% guaranteed yet, uh, but it's uh, like 97% guaranteed. So we will have James Van Prague on next week. Uh, we do have to check the Red Sox schedule, though.
2: Your goal for this week is to work on that 3%. Oh,
0: it's definitely going to be, because I can't put it up on the website till it becomes 100%. Uh, but it will be uh, James Van Prague joining us next week for an hour. We're not going to do readings with him because we want to find out we want to dig we want to find the answers to these questions like we've been asking here tonight uh, and find out more about him and his abilities he will be coming to Massachusetts though for an event with Maureen Hancock and uh, we'll have all the details for you that next week as well just looking at the oh oh let's do awkward air high fives okay
2: we're doing awkward air high fives Red
0: Sox 135 105 oh, next thank Saturday God. so we have a complete show as long as the weather holds, no rain delays, no double headers. So
2: we'll be here at 7 p.m. working out technical difficulties way before. Yes,
0: we'll come here hours in advance because if the server crashed tonight, right. we are in a lot of trouble next week when we have the world's most famous medium joining right. us on the program. So uh, definitely get in the chat room. We might have to open that stuff up at, like, noon. <laughs> like, Brian the cab driver is going to be broadcasting on Spooky TV without even knowing it next right. week because we're going to have everything ready. <laughs> I want to come in at 5 a.m. No, I'm not going to get that crazy. I won't be here at 5 a.m.
2: You're here all day anyways. So. Pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wish they would just let me sleep on the couch, but somebody else is always on it. Really? Well, but we are very excited for next, week, next week's show. And uh, we've got uh, all kinds of things planned for you coming up. We're working on a really cool Legend Trips idea. For October, I can't give too much away. Uh, you'll be able to attend.
2: Will I? That's awesome.
0: Trust me, I'll give you the details off the air. But there will be no danger to you in attending That's this. That's fantastic. All. Even though you're, you'll be ready to pop any day. Right. <laughs> there'll be no danger to you, and uh, and we'll be able to utilize a lot of the strengths of our Legend Trip staff, but in a different way.
2: That's awesome. I can't wait to hear about it. So
0: it's going to be something different, something unique. If we can pull it off, we just got to find the place to pull it off. And I'm just going to throw this question out there. Anybody that's in like the Massachusetts area, especially here on the South Coast, if you have access to an auditorium with a stage, email me, Tim at com. We're trying to find one. where We've got calls out to about a 100 different places, trying to finalize everything at a price that works. So Tim at com. if you have access to and uh, we may even need to pull some of your family connections here okay uh, and uh, and there's a gentleman who I know is listening who works for the city of New Bedford he listens all the time we might need to pull some of your strings as well Along with
2: my strings. They're kind of the same strings, (laughs) but we need to see if we can pull those
0: uh, as a possibility because the numbers that I've been hearing are way out of the realm of what we could afford. Uh, But we do have a cool idea coming up, and then uh, we'll have uh, all kinds of great shows in here for you throughout the month of October. We're going to do our annual Bridgewater Triangle Show. We just haven't nailed down the date yet because... Everything's kind of in flux with this event that we're trying to plan, uh, but we do have, on October 11th, we'll have Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, joining us. So it's almost like a little bit of an extension of Psychic September, because we started Psychic September a week late.
2: I'm excited for that, too, though.
0: It, it, and everybody that I know that has uh, spoken to him in the past, they say that he does a fantastic job, and that uh, he definitely has a unique avenue for his ability so we'll talk to him about that on October 11th Uh, but of course next week James Van Prague and if you do want to listen to Dead Air Radio uh, which is an online radio show hosted by our buddy George Lopez you can hear Chad and John and Nick Groff from Ghost Stalkers discussing that this coming Monday night Uh, and I'll, I'll probably I'll be working The newspaper, but I'm going to try and jump in the chat room for that program and listen in while it's happening live. So I did hear, I did hear um, John on Doorway into the Unknown on Thursday night, Mm -hmm. and he did a great job, uh, of course, spreading the word as much as we're allowed to say about the program. All right, well that does it for this week. Uh, Next week we'll be back. We'll be on at our regular time, 10 o'clock Eastern, with our guest James Van Prague. Until then, for Stephanie, for Matt, for Matt, I'm Tim Wasberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular.